Hello and welcome to the end of season Forest Ramble podcast. Um, we are here in the aftermath of Forest managing to stay in the championship for another season. Um, first of all, commiserations to Blackburn, as I had said on Twitter not so long ago. Um, this was very easily, it could have been us, um, and another tale of mismanagement at the head of the club and so on and so forth. So um, I'm joined by Stephen Topless. Hello, Stephen. Hello. I'm joined by the Maradona of the Midlands. Hi there. Hello. So, Stephen, first of all, how do you feel? Relieved um, would be the, the main emotion. Um, that was a tense 90 minutes. Uh, but Felt Forrest much better the... after the second goal, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it? yeah, a little bit of a buffer. Um, but it was. It was, a, it was a tense game. And But Forrest got the job done. Uh, they did what they had to do at the end of the day and... In terms of us as fans, we couldn't ask any more of them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth remembering that as a, no matter what all the permutations were, all Forrest could do was try and win as handsomely as possible. And, and they did, um, in the end. Um, Maradon the Midlands, how do you feel? Yeah, just great sense of relief. Um, it, was, it was a very tense first half. The goal just before half-time helped a lot. And... Um, was able to enjoy the second half a little bit more yeah. and it turned out to be a good victory. Yes, I wouldn't have fancied half-time if it was still nil-nil. It, no. would have, it wouldn't have, I mean, just as a, as a bit of a guide, I mean, let's just uh, revisit certain bits of the match. Um, I'll just point out that uh, I did tweet um, before the match that I feel a bit sick and, uh, and I also tweeted the very same thing <laughs> at... Um, about 15 minutes into the match when it emerged that Blackburn had scored twice and Birmingham had scored um, and um, and then of course in, in many ways and, and certainly what I believe the pundits on Sky were, were, were saying a lot was actually one of the most pivotal moments came with, with Jordan Smith making quite a remarkable save in the first half Yeah, fantastic save from close range um, and that was at the point in the game where Forrest were were struggling. Uh, mm. They'd had the bright start and they pinned Ipswich back in the opening minutes, but Ipswich then began to control the midfield and at times were were looking like they could they could nick a goal. Um, but Smith, yeah, pulled off a huge save. And in the context of the game and what happened after, yeah, that was a pivotal and save, an important save, but also a really good save. I think you'd agree. It was. I think we got slight deflection and he sort of had to twist his body around a little bit. Yeah, his weight was on his right yeah. right foot, but he had to stick his left hand out. Managed to get enough onto it to get onto the woodwork. Game changing. Game changing. Well, the other thing that was game changing came just before half time. So, throw, quick throw in on the right hand side. Uh, Jamie Ward legs it in. Now, I have to say, at first glance, I thought he's given the foul against Ward for a high boot there, and was surprised. And as was everyone around me when when the penalty was given to Forrest. Um, what were your views on this, Stephen? Uh, from where I was sat, um, it, it looked like a, a coming together in the box. I wasn't 100% sure it was a penalty, um, having not had the, the benefit of a replay to look at afterwards. Um, but I was just glad to get a penalty and uh, a foothold in the game, because up until that point, Forrest hadn't really done all that much. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, important for us to get in front, and <laughs> by hook or by crook, we did it. Nice to have a free shot on goal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. OK, married on the Midlands, what was your views on the penalty? Uh, my initial thoughts were we were, we were a bit lucky, because um, the Jamie, Jamie Ward's high foot did seem the more obvious foul, but the, um, 
the keeper did come rushing out and was I was absolutely nowhere near the ball when he collided with him. So um, it's it's I think it's a correct decision in the end. But again, we just that little bit of luck that we got there really sort of helped us at the right time. I think that with the save. On another day, that goal could have gone in, and Smith wouldn't have saved it, and mm -hmm. we wouldn't have got the, the penalty, and it, we could have been sitting here in a very different mood right now. But look, for once, yeah, everything seemed to be going our way. Yeah, but still, when it came to half time, Blackburn two goals up, Birmingham goal up, Forest one goal up. It was still very, very tight, wasn't it? Um, and not really the way we wanted it. So at half time, how did you feel? I felt okay. I was. Uh, I, I thought Brentford would get at least a goal. It's very rare okay. that they don't yeah, score. No, that's interesting. You both say that. I mean, I felt that I didn't have so much confidence. I just thought, well, Brentford are on the beach. They, they've been on the beach for a few weeks. and, and no, they, why, They've know. still been playing well. And they, they've just got an, an, a natural ability within the side to score goals. Well, players like Viva and Hotter mm -hmm. and one or two others who just seem to play just with a sort of a an ease which you don't see much these days, a sort of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was pretty confident then, um, and also I thought Bristol—they've been scoring lots of goals this yeah. past few weeks. I thought they'd get one as well. You can—you can never tell how they're gonna—they—they they do yeah. blow hot and cold as well, don't they? <laughs> yeah. But um, okay, and then we, we we move on to the second half. Um, how did you feel in the first sort of first ten minutes or so of that second half, Stephen? Um, I still felt the same, really. It was just hoping that things would come together for Forest and we could find a second goal. Um, as we were saying, I, would, I was pretty confident that Brentford would score and, and peg Blackburn back. Um, but again, the nerves were, were still there and I think that translated onto the pitch as well. Mm. Certainly in those opening few moments of the second half, but then Forest managed to, to get back into the game again and mm. get their foot on the ball and then from that we won the penalty and... Yeah, well, we I mean, well, we got second goal. We got first, the second goal, yeah. and then the penalty, and it all happened quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that um, I also would say that having had to substitute Muzzy Carriol fairly early on, and you know, again, first sort of quarter of an hour, that I think that Forrest needed half time to be able to just kind of regroup and reshape slightly because I, th I felt that there were times that they looked a little bit disjointed because they weren't playing in the formation that, that they started. So Zach Clough came on, they went 3-4-1-2 with Clough behind Ward and, and Asamba Longa and I think that um, it meant that there wasn't an outlet in the same way as Forrest had become used to with Carriol uh, in, the yeah. last, in the last couple of weeks. So and even Brereton as well. Brereton's a useful outlet and he mm -hmm. wasn't on the pitch. And so does that mean it wasn't the substitution you'd have chosen? I'd have brought on Brereton, yeah. Yeah, I'd I was surprised when I saw his Clough coming on. Yeah, but because um, even though he's playing out wide, he still gives you that outlet and uh, the option mm -hmm. to spread the play a bit more. And we didn't I'm have that. I'm not sure if I agree. Having seen Brereton play out wide the last few weeks... He's not a winger, is he? He's, he's not... not done brilliantly well all the time and I thought Clough's little tr trickery would help as it happened it, it didn't for the, for the majority of the first half Boris was struggling with the same sort of problems they've had um, quite regularly this season where they, they're struggling to uh, connect the uh, defence to the attack there was a, yeah. a big gap again from the front yeah I mean, was. we were playing we were playing too many long balls in that first half and it came across as Either the midfield were not in control of the game, but also nerves as well. You could yeah. see the players were not 
completely comfortable in what those long do. balls in in my opinion those long balls tended to come from from those moments when is like is that frustration of we want to make something happen but there was but to, just to give Ipswich credit as well they were they were, were pressing quite high yeah and I yeah. think it was part of their game plan to make them do that and I think I've noticed recently as well when when Cohen and Bourne both play they pretty much replicate each other's roles there for a lot a lot of the time they both mm. seem very very deep and that does leave a, a big gap in front of them well you know. Is, is, is that, I mean, obviously we've got the summer now and, and there will be presumably ins and outs and so on, but I'm just wondering if, um, if that's a, been a price worth paying, um, which is easy to say now that we're safe, but price worth paying, bearing in mind that defensive solidity is something that we've struggled with for most of the season. So basically you're playing a back three, you've got wing backs and two defensive midfielders. If that makes it more solid, and today we kept a clean sheet. Hooray. So, so maybe it's a price worth paying. Um, okay, well, having talked about that, at a time when David Wall almost had a shot, laid it off to Chris Cohen, who wellied it from 20-odd yards, and um, okay, albeit via deflection, who knows if it was going in anyway, but uh, can you think of a more fitting person to score a goal that might have kept Forrest safe? I can't, no. Can you? Uh, not, not, to, not off the top of my head, no. No. It was a very emotional... 30 seconds after it was you yeah. could you could see how much it meant to Chrissy and you could see how much it meant to the other players it was him who scored the goal as well his first goal in, in a year so. yeah. and the whole ground was chanting there's only one Chrissy Cohen there, is, there is only one Chrissy Cohen except there's another Chris Cohen who's on Twitter but that's another matter yeah. and also it's worth noting at the end of the game he was of all the players who because he'd been brought off later in the game all the players who were on the bench he was the one stood in the technical area and he he looked on edge, you know, he wanted mm. the final whistle and... So, and you know, proof of proof were needed that, as we've said before, he is effectively Mr Forrest, isn't yeah. he? Um, so, yeah, I mean, a great moment for him, um, a great moment for the fans. No one's going to mind it being deflected. Um, I, think, I think we needed a little bit of luck like that. Like we've been saying already, we have, um, for all of our faults this season, we haven't had the rub of the greed in many games, so... To have that, perhaps with that first penalty and then a slight deflection on the second goal, I think we've earned it. Well, yeah, so again, uh, text text to uh, to uh, someone I know, well, we got a bit more luck, but, you know, no one's going to begrudge us that. Well, no one at City Ground is going to begrudge us that. Um, I suspect Blackburn and uh, Blackburn fans might disagree, but um, we've helped them out enough this season. We have yes. helped them out. Yes, that's <laughs> that <is> true. true. <laughs> um, and um, and then, and then, not long after that, as you say, it, there was another penalty, and and this one, I don't think there was any any doubt about it. I think it's fair to say that Ward won it, but is a stonewaller as far as I could tell. Yeah, defender came steaming in and, and clattered into Ward. And... There was no doubt about that penalty. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, The like Jamie Ward had been talking about the benefits of, of being an experienced player. That was the reaction you'd expect from an experienced forward at this level yeah. to... Hold hold off the defender just enough that the defender had no real choice but to bring him down, and then, you know, it made the referee didn't really have a decision to make, did he? So, so what do you think about that, Maradona in the Midlands? Yeah, clear penalty. Mm -hmm. um, great save by by the Ipswich Well, you see, I I would dispute that. I would say that. Brit's first penalty was as good a like in a, in a, in a, I think that's the best penalty I've ever seen. Oh, God, it's, 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 <laughs> it's where you want a penalty to be. Yeah, like, like that's the thing. 
Yeah, exactly. Keeper would no, no keeper would have saved that. You could have and had so, three keepers and they wouldn't have saved that. And and so I would say <laughs> that I was hoping that Britt was just going to hit the same penalty again. But he obviously gambled on the fact that Bielkowski might dive that way this time. And actually, I've got to say, it was it had decent power. Good power. But it was a good height for the keeper yeah. to in quote the old time, cliche. In real time, it looked like a very good save. Had, I've not had, had the benefit of seeing a replay and if it was close to the goal no, no, or not, but for, it, for, it, for, it did look like a good save. With the power, I think the power that yeah, hit I mean, it made it a good save. It's, well, well it, good to push it over, I guess. And it was, well, it was near the post. It wasn't like it was in the middle of the goal or anything. You had to get across there. Well, anyway, well, regardless, okay. it wasn't the third goal, but I tell you what, you can forgive Britt after what he did not long, not much later in the match, because his second goal and Forrest's third was was magnificent, wasn't it? it, was, it was Would you like to describe it, Stephen? Yes, it was sorely needed at the time as well. Um, he just beats the defender, and from the left-hand side, it didn't look like the chance was on. But he no. put his foot through it, and it, it beat the goalkeeper high into the net. So Brit's, got, Brit's obviously got his new his new goal-scoring tactic, which is hit it really hard. <laughs> so um, married on the Midlands. I I've personally felt that after the second goal, Forest were were in a position where they were able to relax a little bit. They were able to play a little bit, and then when Brit scored that third goal, um, Forest third, his second, I felt that that made it, you know, beyond doubt. Um, I didn't really see Ipswich coming back into it. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> But having said that, it's Forest. So <laughs> with hindsight, fun. with hindsight, it's saying yes, it was comfortable. But in the ground, it certainly wasn't. There was still that oh. that risk that Brentford would uh, would concede again, um, which yes. in fact they did. Um, and Blackburn would would move to within a couple of goals of us and potentially overtake us again. But um, it did seem that even the goal at, after half time, the first half goal settled the players down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought it would um, and then obviously the second goal just added to that as well so um, I'd like to say it was comfortable mm-hmm. um, it was still tense but it was a lot better than it would have been had it yeah, been I mean, 1-0 for a long period and Blackburn scored again it, I think it, it would have been a lot worse it was as relaxed as it, it could have been I mean it's which it's it was a big problem this season has been scoring goals mm-hmm. and um, they never really looked like they were yeah it. I mean the thing is is that I think Sears is a decent player at championship, in, you know, mid-table championship level. But he's only he's only a little fella, isn't he? And um, and without McGoldrick, they didn't really have you know, have much up front, did yeah. they? And Tom Lawrence wasn't playing either. He's been a big exactly. So they're missing their two their two their two best goal scorers, weren't they? So I think that that sort of didn't do it switch any favours. Um, having said that, still. Reasonably hairy last few minutes, as as ever, um, and particularly, I mean, I thought that Joe Worrell, um, you know, he had, he he just showed what he showed, which is that he's still a very young defender trying to learn his trade. And a couple of lapses of concentration, one of them um, could have really got him into trouble with another referee. Well, yeah, um, and even Mansion as well was guilty mm-hmm. of that, um, pondering on the ball when the simple option would have been to, to boot it clear. Um, but I think Worrell, 
on the whole was okay today. He yeah. won some big tackles and he was putting himself about and he was no nonsense. And he's got the look of a player about him. I think yeah. He's, he's, I think I think yeah I think there's 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 two things one is uh, um when he's at his best is when he's doing the no nonsense stuff he's not he's not messing about um but yeah, it's concentration, and that will come yeah. with getting more matches under his belt. Um, I have to say, I thought Matt Mills didn't put a foot wrong today. Um, showing, showing that experience again, um, and showing that he's looking—he's also looking quite grisly now. He may be that by the start of next season, we we see him adopting a Brian Kilkline type persona. Um, you know, <laughs> long, yeah, long hair and beards. You know, so so who who knows? Who knows? That, that could that something to look forward to. Well, yeah. Indeed. The Forest Ramble Sketch by Jeremy Davis. Well, no one likes to go into the last game of the season with nothing to play for. This week has seen us all brushing up on our math skills. Addition, subtraction, division, even equations. If the government wants the nation's children to improve their math skills, sod grammar schools, get them following a relegation-threatened football team. So, let's brush up on those all-important relegation calculations. Going into the final game, Forest on 48 points, that... Ten more than the total that everyone says will be enough to keep Crystal Palace in the Premier League, thus proving that the Championship really is harder than the top flight. A comforting thought for Sunderland fans, I'm sure. Blackburn, meanwhile, also on 48, with Birmingham just ahead on 50. Going into game 46, it was one from three to make up three going down, or two from three to make up 21 staying up, depending on whether your glass was three-six empty or two-thirds full. With a slim goal difference margin of 1 over Blackburn and 2 points less than the Brummies, we all knew that 48 plus 0 was likely to equal R. After 43 minutes, Big Brit banged in number 13 of the season before adding number 14 after Cohen's number 2, if you'll excuse the expression. But for his penalty miss, it would have been a straight flush, but hopefully there's plenty more in the pipeline. While we're doing numbers, Forrest had 60% possession and 19 shots. Impressive statistics. And when you consider that three out of the five shots on target went in, not a bad ratio. So, the season in numbers. 21st place, 46 points. Two managers, but sadly zero new owners. Now it's time for frantic calculations of a different sort, as our latest Mr Millions tries to get his sums right to buy the club. Us fans can put those calculators away for a few weeks, safe in the knowledge that for all the number crunching, there's one equation that will endure as long as fans like to nibble on something other than their fingernails. Zero plus 45 equals pi. You're listening to Unashamed, the debut EP from Confide. Listen or download at confidemusic.com. It's difficult to celebrate today. Um, you know, I say that, and I can understand why people in the heat of the moment, in the you know, at the ground, invaded the pitch. Hooligans like Stephen getting on the pitch and, and creating a kerfuffle. But I don't know if it's appropriate to celebrate staying up by goal difference on the last day of the season, um, because. That's really just a sign of how the mighty have fallen, isn't it, Maradona in the Midlands? Uh, it is in that sense. Um, I think it was just a show of relief and a bit of it's a bit of a tradition to go on the pitch at the last game of the season. Whatever happens, we haven't had yeah. much to celebrate. Well, last twenty years, or so, <laughs> we always seem to go on the pitch at the end of the season. Whatever, so. Um, I think it's just tradition and a bit of relief. I don't think any, anybody was taking it too too seriously. It was all done 
with a bit of tongue in cheek. Yeah. I think if the Sky cameras hadn't been there, maybe it would have been a few less people on the pitch. Uh, wasn't wasn't the wasn't the red and white plastic tape keeping people? Yeah. <laughs> the famous. They were unfurling that about twenty minutes before the end. So they were. <laughs> wow. Um, so. But yeah, it's, it, if you look at the season, we haven't had that much to shout about. So. In one way, it's been quite exciting to take it to the final day. The but, sun was shining. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the season. Um, it's not been a good season. It's been, I think, the sixth or seventh season in a row that Forest have ended up in a lower position in the league than they finished the season before. Um, and five years under Fawaz, which has led to almost terminal decline. And again, commiserations to Blackburn fans because you've had the same situation but with a different set of owners who equally have put you into you know into major decline um so what happens next Stephen well I would like to think that now we're we're a championship club um I would hope that a takeover goes through and we've seen the last of Fawaz and Warburton will be given the summer to bring in his own players and shape the squad as he sees as he sees it going forward Mm -hmm. um that's what I would like to see happen Okay, and if Maranakis comes in, can we trust him to basically not fiddle and interfere? No, I don't think so. I think he will fiddle and I think he will interfere, <laughs> but um, hopefully but will, his, his fiddling won't, won't cause as much problems as uh, was this But will he, will he, I mean, without revisiting previous conversations, will he at least have a proper structure in place in the club so that there's a board, there's a chief exec, there's a, you know, whichever... Positions. I've got to hope so. I think, I think because he's he's busy in Greece with his his other club and um, his his business interests. So it's less of a toy, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think hopefully he'll he'll run it a bit more professionally. We can only hope that it will. I think the only thing we've got to say for certain is that it's time for Fawaz to go, and it, and we need a clean break. I'm not sure if we're going to get the clean break because I think he's still, still at twenty percent. Twenty percent he yeah. wants to keep on. But as long as he's not in the in and around the club on a daily basis, um, I think it gives us a little bit of grounds for optimism. Um, if we can keep Warburton at the club and mm-hmm. uh, and McParland, uh, McParland yeah. it gives us a good base to build on. We just we've got, just got to hope that he can run it a bit more sensibly, with a bit more patience, and with a bit more of a long term view. So it, it is it's not going to be fixed in one this summer. It, it's going to take at least two three seasons before we're challenging. Mm-hmm. The division. So it's a really attractive purchase then. Well, at least he's got experience of running a football club, which is more than Fawaz had yeah. when he came into Forest or has really ever had. Um, and yes, it's only Greek football and it's not one of the top leagues in Europe, but nevertheless, Olympiakos have been successful with him at the helm and mm-hmm. he knows about putting a structure in place. If you look at the Olympiakos website or their Wikipedia page, you'll see the staff list is full of people in important positions such as chief executive, director of finance, all the scouts are in place, mm-hmm. direct so you've got directors and board members in the right places. So if you can bring that to Forest, it's a positive. And let's be honest, anything seems better than Fowers. So do you think then that the they there's going to be two major signings which are happening off the pitch. Number one will be um, when Maranakis signs on the dotted line, and then number two keeping McParland at the club. Yeah, I think that will be important. Um, McParland, uh, Warburton and Weir, they come as a trio, so if we can keep yeah. all of is them there any, at the is club... Is there any danger that McParland won't stay at the club? 
I think while Warburton's here, he'll stay. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just they're just waiting for the formalities. I mean, his contract's out of uh, well, it runs out this summer, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'd imagine that will be renewed. But Warburton and Weir are on longer-term deals, aren't yeah. they? So, so you'd hope that you know one would follow the other. Okay. Um, all right. On the pitch, um, players in, players out. Well, we've already started with uh, moving some players on, haven't we, mm-hmm. this week? Uh, the likes of Dimitri and Pereira. I tell, I tell you something, is that my forest calendar, my, you know, my, my dear mother-in-law uh, buys me a forest calendar every year, and every month it's another player who isn't at the club anymore. <laughs> um, so I've had Bentner last month, <laughs> I've got Pereira, yeah. I've had, uh, had Henry Lansbury in January, he didn't see the month out. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you, you, you kind of... You kind of uh, well, it just goes to show, doesn't it? In modern football, that's, that's it's a bit of a mugs game trying to buy a calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah trying yeah, to buy yeah. a calendar exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the lone players have gone back. Okay, of the permanent players, I mean, what well, we had, seventeen incoming players over the last year, and I don't think any of those were in the squad today, were they? No, and it's hard to make a case for any of them staying at the club either because they've not done enough over the season to to justify a place in the first 11 or even in a matchday squad mm. perhaps with the exception of Velios I think Velios does give you something um, out of all of those players he's one who has had an impact he's scored some goals and he could be still a useful player to I'm not sure I don't think I don't think Warburton rates him given the amount of minutes he's been on the pitch since he's been the manager I think I'm not sure if he'll settle for another season. He was a Maranakis signing, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll settle for another season on the bench. No. Um, I, think, I, think, I think all the foreign players that came in, they'll probably come to the conclusion that they're not going to be used. And even if they are under contract, they'll probably be willing to um, move, move on. Negoti- negotiate, negotiate a break, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the likes of... Lamb, Lamb Pekis. 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 Stojkovic. Stojkovic. I think Henderson will stay, obviously, because well, he's injured, so we, we can't get rid of him anyway. But he's, he's, he was a good side. He's a, a decent keeper. Yeah, he'd be okay. He'd yeah. be all right. Um, uh, Left-back Trore. Uh, he's under contract still for another two years. But, I don't think, but War, from what Warburton said about him when he has played, I think he rates him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fairness, when, when he, he's played, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he? So there's a few, one or two will stick around, but I think a lot of the, especially the foreign players, will move on over the summer. Uh, I think Warburton's just been on the radio as well as saying he, he wants to trim the squad down vastly yeah. to, to get rid of the quantity and improve the quality. Yeah. Um, good news uh, is that Chris Cohen just confirmed that he's staying as well. So yeah. we've got solid base there to start off with but yeah. we've had Mancian as well yeah. signed a two year deal this week so yeah and uh, taking a pay cut The Forest Rumble in association with gsmahal.co.uk for all your workwear and uniform needs Cohen and Sombolonga today's goal scorers um I think it's really one thing that's also striking about them being the goal scorers today is that both of them, I think, have taken an unfair amount of flack over the season. Now, admittedly, we're talking about social medias again, which uh, is a, a topic we keep retur- returning to, but um, I think both of them showed how important they are to this club. Yeah, um, and I think the problem more so with Sombolonga is his fitness. Um, he's still recovering from the injury setbacks he's had, and I'd, I'd like to see him have a full pre-season under Warburton to get him up to speed and I think we'll see a different Brit next season obviously he scored two today but he did look a little bit off the pace at times his touch was heavy on occasion so I think he needs a full Mm -hmm. pre-season and that will help him I'm not sure um, 
if Brits ever going to be the sort of player who gets involved for 90 minutes of a match. I think he showed it. I think I think we've had a wrong perception because we've seen so little of him. Really, we saw that brilliant first few weeks, where or few first few months when he first came to Boris, when everything he touched went in, and he wasn't going to get too overanalyzed or uh, criticised then. And then, uh, but I think in, in the in the second goal he scored today, he showed what he's about. He, he came alive for about five seconds, had, a, had enough power to go past Luke Chambers um, and rifle it home. And I think that's the sort of thing, we've just got to find a way of playing where we're not relying on a forward to hold the ball up mm. and do too much running around. Because I don't think Brit, whatever his fitness is, is ever going to do that. No, um, even that's not the player he is, never is been it? his game. Yeah, even, even when Stuart Pearce got sacked, we were sort of looking for a player who could do that sort of job. And Brit wasn't doing it then before his injury. Um, so I think we've got to just find a way of I'm playing not, which I'm gets not, the best out of him. I'm not sure that Warburton wants to play with a big man up front holding it up anyway. Um, I'm just trying to think about um, how, you know, how he's played at, at Brentford and so on. That was more on the break, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, Brentford, he had Clayton Donaldson up front. And Andre Gray as well. And Andre Gray, yeah. So they, were but, an out, but, they, they provide an out, I think where Brick can improve is by becoming more of an outlet, even if he yeah. can't hold it up. Just running, using his pace, just running. I think he, he does come across as being a little bit lazy at times. Um, and that, that might be down to fitness but I think he, he he's young enough to improve and if he yeah. wants to improve he can, he can do so yeah. in that way I, th- I think that um, you know if you look at players like Donaldson and Gray for example yeah they're the ones who play off, off the shoulder of the last defender getting behind and so on and, and, and Brick can do that but it's like you say I think his second goal today was, was proof of what he does at his best um, I mean, maybe Brereton can be that player as well. Um, I mean, in, in that sense, they're fairly similar. I thought the other thing that was, was interesting is that after the substitution, when Forrest did go to 3-4-1-2, I thought that's potentially a long-term way of playing for the club in terms of providing a bit of defensive stability, but also providing the opportunity to have a little bit of attacking thrust. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one of our big problems this season has been our defence and the amount of goals that we've we've shipped. It's one of the reasons why we were in the position we were. Um, so, if we can find a system that allows the attacking players to do what they need to do, but also give us a bit more insurance defensively, then I'm all for it. Because if you look at the defenders we've got, I think we have got a quality uh, core of defenders. When you look at Mills, Mantian, Hobbs when he's fit, Pinios. Mm-hmm. Uh, has barely put a foot wrong. Yep. Lee High, obviously, on the right hand side. Triore. Well, Triore, yeah. And at times I've found it surprising how bad we've been defensively. Um, so I think if we find the right formation, give yeah. ourselves a little bit more so of a there's, solid there's base, so- that will bring the best out of those players. There's something about structure there, isn't there? I mean, you look at. Not to compare Forrest to Arsenal, but Arsenal saw a little upturn when they moved to three at the back because it, it helped hide their deficiencies in midfield yeah. as well. And I think we've said all season, haven't we, that actually the Forest midfield has been kind of where a lot of the leakiness has come from. So if you've got that three and then a four, then it provides a bit of extra solidity without necessarily sacrificing attacking thrust. Yeah. Um, got a tweet here from uh, Jonathan Shanahan and he's saying that it was obvious after the first match of the season that the defence wasn't right it was never solved um, we need an Andy Reid and you know I think it's it, we mustn't forget that it seems like so long well it has been so long since we since we lost Andy Reid but he's never been replaced has he? Not really no um, in terms of his quality and his leadership yeah someone who can take the game by the scruff of the neck yeah 
I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Um, I'm guessing he means in sort of a vocal leadership way. Um, but also someone who can bring the ball forward, add a little bit of just a little bit of something to yeah, kind mean, of there's, turn there's turn a, a defensive moment into an yeah, attacking There's a few yeah. things. I think we've we've gone over it a few times this season where there is there is that sort of link link play we've been missing between defence and attack. Uh, we've been missing pace on the wings. Um, so there's there's a few. There's, so again, is the three four one two or the three four three? Is that is that a way way to compensate I for that? I think, I think it comes down to players at the end of the day. You can play any formation you like, but we we are lacking quality, and I think we just need to get a bit of quality in, into the midfield mm-hmm. and attacking positions. A bit of pace in there. Um, as we said already, we, they should, we should on paper we've got enough good defenders to build a solid base there. It's just finding a way to play and having somebody who can. And turn defence into attack. Even today, before before the penalty, we, it looked like we were struggling again. Um, could Zach Clough be that player? He could be, but he, he doesn't seem to be played in the right position for me. Sometimes he's a bit 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 isolated. He, he's either too too far forward. He, maybe just maybe it come with will come with experience with for him as well. Just knowing when to drop off into the space in midfield and. Um, and play on from there using his ability to pass the ball. Mm. Uh, so you think maybe he needs to come a little bit deeper? Sometimes, I suppose yeah. he mainly played as a, as a, as a sort of a, an auxiliary forward at Bolton, didn't he? Yeah. So, so maybe a future in midfield, but obviously he is quite slight. He's not the fastest. Um, so It's just about dropping into space sometimes and using it. And mm-hmm. just, um, but again, he's got the intelligence to perhaps develop in that yeah, way. Yeah. And maybe he needs players who can fill the other roles that he's trying to fill right now. Mm-hmm. For example, today he was out on the left-hand side a bit when yeah. Carriol came off, um, which doesn't bring out the best in him, I don't think. That's, that's something that I did notice, actually, in the, in the second half, when Forrest had relaxed a bit, then what we found is that it was that Clough was playing in the kind of the traditional number 10 role and Ward was pulling a bit further further forward to the right and Sombolonga further forward to the left. And I thought that was the moment that, that Forrest actually probably looked at their most comfortable yeah. shape-wise. Yeah. So um, another, another tweet here. So we had um, one from Hamish saying, the team performed against the big guns. I'm optimistic for next season, provided Fawaz is gone. I have confidence in Warburton. Um, so a couple of themes that we've already covered, but why is it that Forrest only really played against well against the against the good teams? We had an extraordinary record against the top six. I think it's because in those games they went had to go with a game plan, knowing that they were the weaker side, and so um, the. the the attacking onus wasn't on them, and so they could they could sort of sucker punch teams really um, against lower teams. The, the Forest fans and maybe the players expected themselves to win, and the other teams came with a game plan uh, to frustrate and Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn yeah. Rovers, and, and our players aren't good enough to. So you reckon beat. there's maybe not enough footballing intelligence in in no, the team? Yeah, no intelligence or ability. <laughs> no, I think there's a lack of confidence as well. I think it's a mental issue more than a an ability issue. Because if you can put three past Reading and the likes of Brighton and Huddersfield and sweep them aside, then you've clearly got something about you as a team. Mm. Um, because those teams are no mugs. That's why they're at the top and they're in the playoffs. Or promoted it's, yeah, but in it's also case. also a question of sort of raising your game as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, and there's a lack of pressure as well, yeah, which, which plays which a part. The use of the ball is so poor sometimes, and just the, just the, 
filling in the spaces, the filling in the gaps, and just it's just total lack of footballing intelligence this season. That's that's what that's what that's is what, that also because they've been badly coached. There's an element yeah. to that, but that's the footballing intelligence is a thing that separates maybe a championship player from a Premier League player because if you did test where say you've got to hit the target a hundred times from such a position they'd probably both get similar similar sort of scores it's just knowing when to use it and playing under pressure that's what separates the good players from the average players from so the is, players. Is, that, is that the Darren Huckabee conundrum you know a player who can be really really good at a championship level but isn't quite going to make it at Premier League level yeah. so it was a long time ago let's, let's leave Hooks out of this well okay Glenn Murray then Glenn Murray yeah yeah that's an example. But also, he lacks that little bit of pace that you need at Premier League levels. Well. It's, yeah. just, it's, just, it's microseconds that are the difference between. Fine margins. Yeah, it's yeah. just being okay. able to just be. And, that, and I guess that comes back to what we discussed um, a few weeks ago, where you're saying that, you know, the core of the team were okay, but we need better players than that to make up the rest of the team yeah. rather than worse ones. Exactly. Hot off the press, Stephen, you've just seen something on the Twitter. Yeah, Natalie Jackson's just tweeted saying that uh, Fawaz has said Mr Maranakis is meeting the EFL and his lawyers this week. The takeover is 99% done. This can only be good news in the sense that Fawaz will not be responsible, solely responsible for running the club. I'd still prefer it if he wasn't anything to do with the club, but I guess you've got to take the rough with the smooth, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, this 80-20 deal will hopefully mean that Fawaz doesn't have that much uh, in terms of day-to-day running or having that much of a say on what happens at the club, and that's going to come down to, to Maranakis mainly. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Married on the Midlands, any, any final thoughts for this season? Um, Shall we come back to you, <laughs> Steve, Steve, Stephen, any final well, thoughts for this season? Yeah, on the whole it's been a season to forget really. Um, Didn't we say that last season and the season before and the season, season before? Pretty much every season under Fowers, I think we've said that. Um, if you look back to when the season started, we weren't really sure what lied in store. You could, you could see maybe top ten promotion push at best, but you could also see a relegation battle, and it's turned out to be the last. Yeah, it's very much a step into the unknown in terms yeah. of the manager, the director of football, the players that had come in, and you know. <laughs> I guess it's it's high stakes, isn't it? Risky gambles, and they 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 didn't pay off those gambles in terms of Montagne and Pereira and the signings they made, um, and of course all that instability going on with first of all Maranakis and then the Americans, and that's bound to have an effect. Um, one of the things that I think is worth saying is that by avoiding relegation, hopefully that will also safeguard people's jobs at the club because I think it's, per, it's worth remembering that last time Forrest went down to League One they had to make staff redundant and that's not a situation that a club like Forrest should ever be getting into. Meredith um, on the Midlands, have you, have you had a think yet? Yeah, I mean, or, yeah, just to echo Stephen's thoughts there that it is one to forget and the good thing about football is that you sort of press the reset button. Um, every summer and you can start again and so that brings with it yeah. its own renewed hope and uh, optimism. Yeah. Which, uh, so come August we'll all be full of beans again, won't <laughs> we? Yeah. Luckily we were able to do that as a championship club rather than a League One club as well. Mm-hmm. That's the important yeah, thing. Was, I think um, my, my thought with Warburton was if we can stay up uh, you know, next season we could, we could do a lot better. Um, and I'd be more confident with him at the helm that he can push us on and and you can see the way that he wants to play football and 
and the way the players have responded largely to yeah. his style of play that well, again, given time it could come good. Again, football intelligence, I guess. Um, so thank you very much for joining us throughout this season. Thank you, Stephen Topless. Thank you, Mario in the Midlands. Um, it's been a season to forget, but hopefully, uh, hopefully next season will be one to remember. And uh, enjoy your summer.